Check, check, check. Check. Looks good. Right. Little Nas X. <laughs> no. Yes. We shouldn't do it. No, let's just do this one. That's fine. You just want to... Just do it. Row, row, you just want to give it to him? Yeah. X going to give but it I to him. But I could just so quickly say... Yeah. Mention the Blue White Podcast with Royal Tiger and get 20% off your entire order. But you, then, you you say that in the song. But if but I, I could say it before the song. So we're going to play the song and you're just going to say... Yep. Yeah, when your rent never beach and you need top food, you gotta ride to the garden. When your rent never beach and you need top food, you gotta ride check, check, to check, the check. garden. When you're looking for a treat, need something to eat. So I saw what to call, cause this restaurant can't be beat. Best high and loud, right next to the ocean. All your tasty favorites and enormous portions. Royal, royal, royal Thai Garden. Royal, royal Thai Garden. Royal, royal Thai Garden. Royal, royal Thai Garden. garden. 96706. Ever Beach, 94 Block, represent, represent. Mention Blue White Podcast, get 20% off your entire order. Folks, welcome to the Little White Podcast. I'm Josh Michaels. I'm Ryan Little. So uh, just off the bat today, right off the bat, because we only talk about high-level ideas, as Dave Rubin would say. (laughs) No one knows who Dave Rubin is. Yeah, nobody who listens to us. People who don't spend uh, as much time on the If you know who Dave Rubin is, I'm sorry. Yeah, we're we're sorry, but you know. We're all in this together. We have a really good episode First, this oh, week. We're going to talk about we're going to talk about going to war with Iran because it's probably happening. And then we're going to talk about uh, concentration camps. And then we're going to get into the very lighthearted subject of abortion. Oh, but first we're going to talk about before we talk about abortion, we're going to talk about reparations. So four extremely chill, reasonable, lighthearted, fun topics. Nothing. Nothing that nothing is going to incense or inflame anyone today. Nothing difficult. We're going to get through this together. Yeah. Now. Abortions, concentration camps, reparations. Oh my. <laughs> uh, worst game of f- Mary Kill ever. <laughs> All right, let's, let's let's get into it, I guess. Let's do the drop. <laughs> we often hear holiday meaning white person in a negative connotation, but is a perfectly good word. It means foreign introduced to foreign origin or foreign introduction. So in Hawaiian, anyone or anything that is not native to Hawaii is haole. I'm Leilani Poli Ahu, Ahui Ho. Haole. Welcome again to the Blue White Podcast. I'm Ryan Little. Ooh, I'm Josh Michaels. And today, as we said, we have a very chill, very cool, very easy, uh, yeah. non-sensitive episode for you. Uh, we almost so President Trump supposedly uh, was about to bomb Iran, and then decided not to. Uh, yeah. How does that make <laughs> show you feel? notes. Uh, show notes. It says, "quote cocked and goaded." Cocked and. <laughs> Don't give away the title. So, I, is that I, the title for our episode? I was. It was in the running. It's it's so good. Thank you. Cocked and goaded. Uh, also the name of my farmer sex tape. Okay. <laughs> it sounds bad. Many good jokes, of course, about our, uh, you know, the one good thing Trump has ever done is decided, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't bomb Iran right now. I love that, like, Donald Trump is a person who's like, like, he's like, you know what, guys? 
Maybe bombing Iran is not yeah. a good idea. How many are people? Oh, a lot of people are going to die. Probably not worth it. Like, like, oh, like literally everybody else is just like, yeah, just bomb them. Just do it. <laughs> and like it. half the media is like, yeah, he was going to bomb him, then he didn't because he's so weak. Today's the day Donald Trump became presidential and then then became unpresidential and now he's not presidential anymore. Uh, my favorite joke from uh, Jake Flores at Feral Jokes. Trump really decided to pull back on bombing Iran because he realized it was John McCain's <laughs> dying wish. <laughs> Uh, President Trump said he finds it, quote, hard to believe Iran's downing of a U.S. drone was intentional. I don't know. I mean, if you shoot a rocket at the big flying metal bird <laughs> in the sky, and what do you expect to happen? <laughs> yeah, as we, uh, the silver lining here, one report says, uh, quote, Trump is giving up on regime change in Venezuela because it's complicated and he got bored. So if we can just like delay this war thing. For what about f- president? Can we just make him, can we, can he just realize that being president is complicated and, and make him bored with that? What if he just didn't even run in if we 2020? Can just, if we can just hold off the Iran war for a few more days, eventually he'll lose interest. Do you know who is running in 2020? Oh, yeah. We also forgot to... We forgot uh, one more one more topic to throw into the Pedophilia. Mix. Pedophilia. Yeah. <laughs> one uh, more. Yeah. Alabama's finest. He's back, folks. Yes, I will run for the United States Senate in 2020, he says. Can, can I, I win? win? Yes, I can win. Of course he can. Ask what he'll do differently now versus his 2017 Senate please, bid. Please don't, please don't say this, Roy. Roy Moore said... I would like to make more personal contact with people. Oh, Lord. Uh, oh, come on. So this is an interesting matchup. More uh, personal contact. Roy Moore. The, I'd really like to reach out to young women. <laughs> I'd like well, to. Well, you know, the, his, his, his opponent in the Republican primary, uh, former Auburn coach, Tommy Tuberville. Tommy who? Tuberville? Tuberville? Tuberville, bro. Tuber- Tuberville? T-U-B-E-R? It's Tuberville. Yeah, but T-U-B, is it, are there two Bs or is there one B? I don't even know if it matters. I think there's one, though. But it's tougher. I mean, what, I, do you, what do you call the family? It could be. It could be that potatoes and and yams and leeks all live in tubers. 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 <laughs> what do you call the city in French? What do you call the city where those tubers are? Tuberville. What do you? What do you call potato? What do you call Bobby the subway in London on three? One, two, three. The tube. tub. The t- <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny to me. <laughs> That's uh, so yes. For- imagine, imagine, friend of the show, Mike Dunford, jetting around in London. The tub. Being, being like, Sorry, I have to go get the tub. Sorry. Oh, the tub. There's uh, the tub was so jammed today. <laughs> I don't know why it's so funny. Yeah, but they say at Tuberville. I don't know why. Huh? Yeah. Well, either way, him uh, and then U.S. Rep. Uh, Bradley Byrne, Bradley and then Byrne's potentially uh, old Jay Sesh, Mister Mister Keeler himself. He's going for the old seat. There, there's a chance well, that he's there's gonna considering be, it. There's going to be much more to come on this, uh, folks. It's going to be in uh, what what folks in Alabama, in colloquial terms, call a shit show. I truly believe that Doug Jones will win again if Roy Moore runs. If he if he gets if he, the nomination, the nominee. I truly believe so, Doug Jones so will Trump, beat him. So Trump, Trump is supporting Tuberville, or I is think he, he's Burn or Tuberville. Everybody's yeah. you know pledging their fealty immediately. Right, because Tuber, you know Tuberville Auburn coach jumps in his first opening tweet. I'm running for Senate to hashtag MAGA hashtag it's, We love our big wet president. It's crazy because you know Bradley Byrne, Roy Moore, they like they've always been in white world, right? Yeah. Like they've always just. Ooh, hung around with white a, people. Cat Stevens, one of Cat Stevens' baby, lesser known songs. Baby, Ooh, baby, it's, it's a white world. Yeah, like, <laughs> they've <laughs> always been in like upper middle class white America. Yeah. But Tuberville was in charge of recruiting, developing, coaching a yeah. generation of black men. Yeah. That ignore I, ignore I the slaveholder master metaphor I of the NCAA. But like I don't see how he can do this in good faith. Like you really like you should I know mean, better. 
to be a is coach, it an act? It's an act, right? To be a coach, yeah. like, and I, I firmly believe this because coaches don't get paid a lot for a very long time. You until have you to, hit that big level. Yeah, you have to love those kids. Like yeah. he, I don't see how you can hold in your mind the uh, cognitive dissonance of just. I mean, he was an Auburn head coach for what oh one to oh eight or ninety eight to oh eight or something like that, and then he became. Uh, he before that, sorry, he was the head coach of the Ole Miss Rebels, yeah. and then after Another that, school, oh, a I know. school, a school with absolutely zero problematic racial. And history. then uh, he became the head coach at uh, Cincinnati and Texas Tech. Like those are, I mean, twenty years of just like developing young black men, helping them get through college. How can you or hold using, in, or using them for his I, own ends? I just tossing I, them up, throwing them away, you know, leaving them I, in the trash. I but like, know. if you talk to his player, they yeah. loved him. Like yeah. his players loved him, and I, I just don't. I don't know how you can hold in your mind the fact that I am a coach of these men and I'm helping develop them, but at the same time, I can vote for somebody who is just so abjectly, like, on his face, racist. Like, I just, I do not, I truly don't get that well, one. Yeah, because Nancy Pelosi wants to kill your baby. I guess. That's that's it. So, we'll, I'm sure we'll have plenty more to say on this in the weeks and months ahead. So, let's get into... The talk of the town this week. Super DC. chill. Super yeah, chill. Super chill. Extremely chill. Um, so Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, the last Democrat in Washington who seems uh, interested in, you know, understanding and diagnosing the world around her as opposed to making memes. She brought us into the discussion of what is a concentration yeah. camp. She, she said on Twitter, the U.S. is running concentration camps on our southern border, and that's exactly what they are. If that doesn't bother you, you're a literal dementor. <laughs> She didn't say Dementor. I added that to the show notes. <laughs> uh, just kidding. She said, I want to talk to the people that are concerned enough with Expecto humanity. Patronum! <laughs> I know. I love, I slipped in. I love how you didn't quite get it. I'm like, if that doesn't bother you, you're a little... That's, I don't remember punching this quote in, but I'm... Yeah. Dementor. Yeah. She said Dementor? Yeah. No, uh, she said, if that doesn't bother you... Uh, I just want to talk to the people that are concerned enough with humanity to say that never again means something. And then, of course, because a brown freshman congresswoman uh, said something on the Internet, the Republican Party activated its bad faith anti-Semitism alarm and uh, the entire party lost its shit, starting with uh, the lovely Liz Cheney, who is the daughter of, you know, if we're talking about if we're talking about using appropriate language and making sure our words are accurate here, uh, her father, Dick, gave us, quote, enhanced interrogation. among Dick other torture, things. basically. Dick torture, yeah. Just it's the, the Shonda continues. Basically, uh, Jacob Levy sums up the. That's the, at JT Levy yeah, Levy on he's, Twitter. He summed up the onslaught uh, that that just blasted through the media uh, for the next forty eight hours. You can't make Hitler analogies until there are at least six million dead. Say people who make Stalin analogies when the top marginal tax rate goes up by three percent. I feel like that's literally. That's, the, that's the entire game. That's it. That's the entire southern border narrative case closed, right? Twitter is the worst thing in the world, but at the same time, it people it, it, it forces then, people to yeah. encapsulate yeah. like big ideas in, in pithy such, ways. Yeah. It, it's like in such brief but perfect packaging. Yeah. Like that is the entire game. Yeah. And we continue. Uh, Liz, Liz Cheney and Megan McCain, the uh, two white blonde Christian daughters of famous Republican war criminals get to be the arbiters of what constitutes anti-Semitism in this country, which seems healthy and, and, and sane, I think. You know, prominent celebrity and literal American concentration camp survivor George Takei backed AOC up here. He said, yes, they are concentration camps. I know I was in one. 
but even without his experience, uh, he could have backed her up because he has an understanding of the English language and is not a bad faith moron. Yep. Noah Colwin, writing in Jewish Currents, says, If we're to go by the definition Andrea Pitzer has used, which is the support of other historians, concentration camps are used for, quote, mass detention of civilians without trial. Although other camps rushed Jews to the gas chamber, consider what the New York Times wrote about Dachau, the first Nazi concentration camp when it opened in 1933. Dachau, the site of the concentration camp for those who have incurred the displeasure of the present rulers of Germany, but have committed no offense for which they could be tried. Sounds familiar. So, but then, I, much to my horror, I discovered, you know, when I went down the rabbit hole, uh, folks in America still insist that Japanese internment camps don't count as concentration camps, that they were totally fine, that like nothing bad happened. Uh, in July 23, 1979, story in the Los Angeles Times popped up, what makes a concentration camp? Weird that we're even having that talk then. Yeah. Even Supreme Court Chief Justice John Roberts called them concentration camps when he overturned the Korematsu decision, which was uh, what the Supreme Court initially, you know, um, that was the decision that initially allowed Japanese internment. Fred Korematsu, who yeah. was from Hawaii. Hawaii. Yeah. Don't give him too much credit, though, because that was a footnote or a small part of the overall decision that allowed Trump's third version of the Muslim travel ban to go into effect. Yeah. So it's one. It's it's almost like these are concentration camps. These were concentration camps. America has a sordid history of racial exclusion, but this is totally kosher because at this at least this time he didn't say Muslim. He just listed a bunch of countries. That's. That's and one last one last legal note. The last surviving prosecutor of the Nuremberg trials, Ben Ferencz, has described the family separation crisis at the border as quote a crime against humanity. Scorching hot take there, yeah. so, as if anybody needed to yeah. be told. So, like folks, obviously, you know these are incredibly sensitive topics, incredibly loaded, loaded and charged terms, but don't buy the bad faith. Yeah, Akila Hughes says, think for yourself. Akila Hughes on Twitter, that's Akila, obviously, A-K-I-L-A-H. It's kind of bizarre that the official stance of the right is, quote, wait till we strategically murder all these people before you just start calling it a concentration camp. And it's, you know, weird that we're at the point as a nation where we're forced to have a nuanced discussion distinguishing Nazi death camps from just good old-fashioned concentration camps. Yeah. Something's out of whack with our priorities. Yeah, and and folks, uh, you know, the bad faith weaponing, weaponizing of anti-Semitism is even worse than usual here because you know it immediately goes to Liz, you know from Liz Cheney, Kevin McCarthy on down. You hate Jews! How dare you disrespect the six million with these terrible analogies? Like I'm not shocked that Liz Cheney doesn't care about gypsies, homosexuals, communists, political prisoners, Jehovah's Witnesses, the disabled, etc., etc., etc. But like we all know, Liz Cheney doesn't really care about Jews either. She's looking to score cheap political points. Besides, Laura Ingram says these are just like summer camps. Tucker Carlson says they're safer than most American cities. Actually, you know what? The camps are good. Yeah. And just ignore the fact that DOJ attorneys argued in court this week that migrant children aren't entitled to uh, such basic necessities as sleep or soap. Not, not to mention, you know, the nobody is dying in these camps. People are dying. Several dozens of people are dying in these camps. And the government won't tell us what's going on behind that barbed wire. Christian Vanderbrook on Twitter uses a chiron of uh, Tucker Carlson's show where the headline is, Gypsy Controversy Hits Pennsylvania Town. Gypsies coming to America. <laughs> Christian says, Our dehumanizing anti-gypsy agenda is totally different from the other anti-gypsy agenda you're probably thinking of. It's just That's absolutely the Nazis. wild. Absolutely wild. 
you know, the New York, the reporting this week uh, from Caitlin Dickerson in the New York Times, just what's going on inside these camps, one in Clint, Texas. Uh, children as young as seven and eight, many of them wearing clothes, cake with snot and tears, are caring for infants they've just met because nobody else is there resourced to do so. Most of these young detainees have not been able to shower or wash their clothes since they arrived, no access to toothpaste, toothbrushes, soap. The director of the Immigrant Rights Clinic at Columbia Law School said there is a stench. The overwhelming majority of children have not bathed since they crossed the border. Uh, we're just letting these, we're letting these babies live in squalor. Literal babies. Yeah. Literal babies live in squalor because it makes Donald Trump and his, and his folks feel tough. Toddlers without diapers are relieving themselves in their pants. Teenage mothers are wearing clothes stained with breast milk because they're not able to pump or nurse their and, children. And instead of talking about this, we're we're talking about oh AOC, you know she. Just we're talking about should we build the wall? Should she be? She needs to be more careful with her language. Do you remember the the the? You know what? I mean, it just turns out it turns out when people say quote never again, a lot of people actually just mean never again to us. I you know I don't care about what happens to the people I don't like. Yeah, you know we we talk about. Be careful with your language. AOC should use more precise words. Remember when Trump's national security counselor, William Happer, said demonization of carbon dioxide is just like the demonization of the poor Jews under Hitler? Where was his precision in language? <sighs> they care more about petroleum than they care about brown people. That's fun. You hope, but we all know, we, this is a real talking point, we all know that Planned Parenthood is the only real death camp in this country. I truly, uh, I truly cannot understand you know, it. Most, most, uh, L.A. Leboulet, at L.A. Leboulet makes the point, most American Jews are outraged by child detention, but the most powerful American Jewish organizations are run by people who get paid six figures to write open letters saying, those aren't technically as bad as certain concentration camps. Yeah. So we're, we're, obfi- we're completely obfuscating the issue because... Nobody wants to talk about what Stephen Miller's fetish dream torture policy actually looks like when being implemented in real life on real human beings. It's exactly right. It's like the political left is playing a a one-player game of moral superiority. And it's in that becoming complicit in the right's desire to control the narrative on language. Like, do you know why the right is fighting so hard to have them called anything but concentration camps? It's not because the term concentration camp demeans and obscures the actual quality of life for the prisoners inside them. It's because people know beyond all doubt that concentrations are a bad, bad thing. So if the GOP loses the fight for messaging on this one, they've lost a really substantial battle in the culture war that they're waging against the left. But the left just keeps shooting itself in the foot and fighting battles and well, not, not enemies the, that don't exist. Not quote the left, uh, quote the establishment, the establishment, the, op- establishment the opposition, left. the opposition to Donald Trump establishment, Democrat left. Fair. Here's a little bit of context yeah. from that same New York Times article on what things are like in these detention centers. In May, the inspector general for the Department of Homeland Security warned of, quote, dangerous overcrowding among adult migrants housed at the border processing center in El Paso with up to 900 migrants being held at a facility designed for 125 people. In some cases, cells designed for 35 people were holding 155 people. That's like a classroom, an elementary school classroom. With 150 people in it. 150 people in it. Border Patrol agents told us some of the detainees had been held in standing room only conditions for days or weeks. Standing room only. The Inspector General's office said in its report, which noted that some detainees were observed standing on toilets in the cells to make room 
and gain breathing space, thus limiting the access to the toilets. Well, I'm, you know, I really hope Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez learns to be careful with her language. The children are locked in their cages and cells nearly all day long, one human rights lawyer said. A few of the kids said they had some opportunities to go outside and play, but they said they can't bring themselves to play because they're trying to stay alive in there. Some sick children were being quarantined in the facility. The lawyers were allowed to speak to the children by phone, but their request to meet with them in person and observe their actual conditions that they were being held in were denied. At another facility, lawyers encountered a 17-year-old mother from Guatemala who couldn't stand because of complications from an emergency C-section and who was caring for a sick and dirty premature baby. The lawyer said, When we encountered the baby and her mom, the baby was filthy. They wouldn't give her any water to wash her, and I took a Kleenex and I washed around her neck. Black dirt. Not dust. Not a little stuff. Black dirt. So Uh, the language aspect is really important here, which is, you know, why what we call them matters. So... Uh, of course, AOC's critics are pretending not to know how language works. This is a, we'll just read, uh, please check out this longer article. We're just going to read a brief snippet. This is from uh, John McHorder. He is a contributing editor at The Atlantic and he's a professor of linguistics at Columbia University. And he is a, he's not, he's not a, he's not a hardcore conservative, but he is not a partisan. He is very much down the middle. A uh, rational person yeah. who believes in limited government. Yeah. He this is this is not this is not a partisan take. This is a linguistics scholar weighing in on what's happening. We have no reason to suppose Trump desires to herd Mexicans and Central Americans together and put them to death. However, we have every reason to see his actions and statements as manifestations of the kind of ideology that has led to horrors of that kind. Ever floating, if not spelling out, the idea that violence is a permissible means to a glorious national end, the cult of leadership Trump encourages the suggestion that the openly bigoted members of the alt-right are essentially good people whose views constitute a legitimate counterpoise to those who combat racism. Only denialism explains how anyone could not see the glimmers of likeness between Trump and Mr. Hitler and Mussolini. Add to this the utter heartlessness with which the Trump administration has penned people into Spartan facilities, blithely separating small children from their parents, and depicting the people themselves as sinister, marauding aliens. You know, not everybody is MS-13. That's Sorry, that was my little interjection. The term tender age facility qualifies here as exactly the kind of Orwellian language we associate with fascist leaders of old. As such, the term concentration camp would seem quite admissible when we consider that language is used to convince as much as to merely observe. All that said, long story short, fuck your semantics. Not not your Semitics. No, no, no. Semantics. That'll be next week. Meanwhile. Explore, thanks, Laura Ingram. <laughs> yeah. Reparations. Yes, something a little less controversial, right? Oh, gosh. Two weeks ago, we had a great friend of the show, executive director of the Popola Project, Dr. Akemi Glenn, who hosted Mr. Tanahasi Coates while he was here in Honolulu. Tanahasi Coates of providing testimony to the House Judiciary Committee fame. And also being probably America's foremost public intellectual, particularly on the issue of race reparations. He's brilliant. History. Yeah. He's absolutely the brilliant. The reparations debate immediately brings out, just like, just like, you know, oh, how dare she use that phrase, concentration camps, what do you mean? It immediately brings out all the bad faith actors who say, well, you can't just write a, you know, you can't just write a check to every black person. Why are we going to punish white people who didn't do anything? What about this, you know, Obviously, no, you know, very few of 
Ta-Nehisi Coates' critics actually have read his articles or anything he's actually putting out. They just like to attack what they imagine the boogeyman of reparations, which is yeah. a, it's an easy political punching bag. Sure. It's not a it's not a pop, inherently popular sounding thing. It's something you can rally the whites yeah. around, right? There so if you had actually read the article, The Case for Reparations, the one that the, the famous article that sort of kicked off this this re examination. And really kind of kicked off his like life in the public eye i mean that's the one that really made him famous and his exile from twitter his self-imposed exile from twitter because he's a smarter man than we are one thing is it's not a claim against white people it's a claim against the federal government and there are so many forms that reparations can take reparations does not mean only cash money writing checks reparations is the act of restoring you know atoning for redeeming undoing harm that was caused that was perpetrated by the federal government and our legal system there are so many forms that it can take other than writing checks finishing reconstruction which was aborted after the civil war having stronger penalties against predatory lending discriminatory lending practices which arguably was the biggest factor in the racial wealth and power gap even you know post-civil war even regardless of not getting your 40 acres and a mule your ability to not buy a house in post-world war ii america and redlining and that's what i'm saying yeah Yeah, your ability to not buy a house in post-world war ii america was as much of as much of a factor as anything yeah the government can do more we can invest in uh historically black colleges and universities hbcus which were often the only uh institutions that you know, former that former slaves and folks living under Jim Crow could attend, and they're you know they're they're going through some of them are a significant bit of blight right now that could be ameliorated by our action. You could make Juneteenth a national you could, holiday. You could make Juneteenth a national holiday. You know, growing up, I I didn't learn about Juneteenth. I think till I was I think I think even maybe in law school. It's just it's not something that gets talked about yeah. because so much of America's history just doesn't get talked about. Yep. The parts that are inconvenient for the people yeah. in power. Yeah. So the Democrats brought Coates, uh, leading scholar, as well as Senator Cory Booker, presidential candidate as well, who's also a Rhodes Scholar. Uh, I feel like we should point that out since we pointed out about Pete Buttigieg all the time. They also brought actor Danny Glover, other academics and economists to be their witnesses. On the other hand, the Republicans, the few who actually attended the hearing, brought former NFL player Owens Burgess and a college junior who writes for Quillette. If you haven't read Quillette, it's basically Breitbart for trust funders on a gap year. And people who think Jordan Peterson and Barry Weiss are this generation's Socrates and Aristotle. I guess Candace Owens was busy. I guess so. So Franklin Leonard made this discovery. Uh, The undergraduate philosophy student who pulled a quote, Merriam-Webster's dictionary defines reparations as, in an attempt to argue against reparations in front of Congress, is actually a SoundCloud rapper. Shout out to you, Coleman Hughes. His track... His 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 single his single his fire song of the summer is gonna, called my dick works fine. You know what? We couldn't make it up. Didn't want to brag about it, but yeah. mine does too. Can we play? Can we play a few bars. I should we? Do we want to no, give this yeah, guy play? What's that? Well, but listen, go seek it out. Right, you, you know look, what? You know what? You know what? We're gonna play yeah. a portion of "My Dick Works Fine" By so Coleman. that you don't have to go to his SoundCloud and give yeah. him the place. Yeah. I ain't changing for nothing to nobody, so judge me, but don't bother me. Forking the road ended up fucking with no apology. Wholeheartedly missing no both humans. I love them, but do I really? He also uh, has an EP called "Quote I Am a Pussy." Again, again, not making this up. I, I it's just, on SoundCloud. It's I factual. love, I love that that you don't have like 
staffers and congressional aides who vet like, these people. Hey, like maybe we should even a maybe little. We should have bit. this guy deactivate his SoundCloud just for a few weeks. How? How like indicative? How just representative of the entire political right and just the sloppiness with which we are raising mm. white children? Well, he's actually black. I know yeah. white children who are these vetting aides and these oh. vetting like staffers that they don't even know to like check a guy's social media page. Like this is what we talk about last week when we mentioned how uh, America losing to Venezuela is indicative of America's ability to or inability to yeah. have anybody other than white kids from the suburbs Republican, do well. Republican congressmen think I need to argue against reparations. Give me any black person. And, That's it. Done. Well, and then case rebutted. The automatic. people that they hired in their offices are wealthy white kids from the suburbs who actually suck so bad at their jobs that they don't think maybe <laughs> I should vet the person that we're going to yeah. send to a congressional hearing. So, Col- so Coleman Hughes in a statement said. Black people don't need another apology. We need safer neighborhoods. Did they get a first apology? They have, they have not gotten any apologies as far as I know. Uh, we need safer neighborhoods and better schools. We need a less punitive criminal justice system. Agree with both of those. We need affordable health care. Agree yep. with that. And none of those things can be achieved through reparations for slavery. Well, eh, wrong. Well, you didn't read yeah. the article. Sorry. Do your homework. So we, Coleman goes on to say, reparations by definition are only given to victims. So the moment you give me reparations, you've made me into a victim without my consent. Not just that, you've made one third of black Americans who poll against reparations into he did victims not cite the poll. without their consent. And black Americans have fought too long for the right to define themselves to be spoken for in such a condescending manner. Let's pick this apart really quickly. Reparations can achieve all those things you mentioned. Reparations doesn't just mean a blank check and it's disingenuous of anybody who pretends so. Uh, he's a philosophy major and so that's why we're going into the entomology, excuse me, etymology, not entomology. Uh, he's not a go- worm. But we are not going into the study of bugs. We are studying the word victimhood and what that implies. This is a great right-wing talking point. You know, this is Candace Owens' whole shtick. You know, I am a victor, not a victim. Pull yourself up by your bootstraps. How about, you know, people living through Jim Crow, people living through slavery? Who was a victim? We'll call them survivors. How about we call them survivors? Yeah, fine. Survivors. Not that, that, you know, that's a more, you know, that's not a loaded term. Also, you're free to opt out of any check that ends up being received. I mean, do you not accept your tax return because it would make you a victim of the IRS's decision to take too much money from you? Or you could just like donate your money to somebody. Like, there's so many options. Yeah. It just, and again, it all comes back to the fundamental point of reparations does not mean necessarily check. checks. So yeah. it's easy to shut it down. If and this this hearing was not about yeah. checks. And this hearing was about should we establish a committee to look into to look to into study ways to, to discuss examining repair yeah. what we did to these yeah. people. Yeah, and then of course, you know, I guess Diamond and Silk also weren't available, so they had to get NFL legend Burgess Owens to do this. He says, let's point to the party that was part of slavery, KKK, Jim Crow, that has killed over 40% of our black babies, 20 million of them. And then let's also point to the party that all of they them switched the to yeah. abruptly in the 1970s. Yeah, and for some reason, the Democrats are bad and evil and awful and racist, and we don't want to knock down any of the statues of them. It's I don't know why. It's so weird. <sighs> oh, Mr. Owens... Uh, the NFL former NFL star. He's the author of. I've actually never heard of this guy. Well, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm reading a conservative media's description of him as an NFL star. And excuse me, Jason Howerton, who writes for the Blaze, which is you know Glenn Beck's website. The Blaze is like, uh, yeah, that's all you need to know. It's Glenn Beck's website. Describes him as an NFL legend. NFL legend. Yeah. From Wikipedia, uh, Owens is the author of quote liberalism or 
How to Turn Good Men into Whiners, Weenies, and Wimps, which uh, offers a history and analysis of the black experience in the United States, with suggestions for moving past conventional ideas of moving the black community forward. In 2018, Owens released Why I Stand, which discusses socialism as the driving force behind modern American sociopolitical movements. Everything I don't like is socialism. That's, that is the point. Yeah. That is their entire point. Yeah. Uh, Laura Ingram said, quote, we won, you lost, get over it. Who's we? Yeah. It's like people that WWJD. Yeah. That this, is, la- this is the same lady with the big, enormous gold cross every episode. Like, look at me. I, I love we my, yeah. won. like who, who, who is won we? who won? Slavery. Yeah. Who is like, Jim Crow? Who, if anything, like, how about we, the America, we, the America lost yeah. for, for instituting a fucking I just, Who system. is she seeing as being against her? And like, who, what is she seeing herself as the being for? Uppity blacks. I, I mean, yeah, no, like, it just seems it like very, like we want like, no, first off the side that was advocating for chattel slavery did not win. You got your asses kicked. You got the shit kicked out of you. The second, Thank God. Like, you got the shit kicked out of you so badly that you've literally never recovered. Yeah. Like the South has been shitty since the civil war. Like, so you did not win. But it's you like, mean, excuse me. You mean the war of Northern aggression, the war of Northern aggression. I, I you're right. <laughs> ben Shapiro also says, Poor personal choices are more responsible for the racial wealth gap than slavery or Jim Crow. Says Rich Kid with the voice of a cartoon character, little brother's best friend that everyone hates. Well, at least he's not out there saying like, well, it's because of, you know, black people have smaller brains than white people, which is the other big intellectual dark web talking point. Hashtag Dave Rubin, who we yeah. talked about at the top. Yeah. Oh, my God. But don't look in the head. Uh, Fox News' Ed Henry asks, if reparations are such a great idea, why didn't Obama call for them? Remember when Fox News said that the Affordable Care Act was reparations or that death panels were literally going to exterminate your grandparents? Uh, Now we're super concerned with accurate terminology and only the most carefully accurate descriptions of government policy. Uh, Derek Davison, our friend, points out, we may be just days away from Joe Biden telling everybody that his Irish ancestors were some of the first slaves. I, I don't we doubt are, that. Yeah, we are. Me- he's he's right. going to go to Pennsylvania. Yeah. He's hey, going to go to Ohio. Yeah, the Irish are persecuted too, you know. What ties? So, what ties this concentration camp thing and this reparations thing together? Uh, Peter, obvious uh, lack of love for one another right. and the conservative ethos. Right. And obviously, we hate America. The Koch brothers. Yeah. A lot of things. This yeah. is a chord. This well, is not a single. Also, we are un American and treasonous losers who love. Who, oh, yeah. Who socialism. Love, you yeah, forgot socialism. to say that one. Yeah. Peter Beinart in The Atlantic ties it all together with an article. AOC's generation doesn't presume America's innocence. Ocasio-Cortez and others on the millennial-led left are challenging that separation now. The idea that only other countries and not the U.S. are capable of evil. They are challenging not only the physical and legal barriers that Trump is erecting against immigrants entering the United States, but also the conceptual barriers that American exceptionalism erects as against seeing the United States as a nation capable of evil. And for Ocasio-Cortez's critics, removing those ideological barriers is every bit as frightening as allowing migrant caravans to pass unimpeded across the Rio Grande. That's it's good. Yeah, I you know, the funny thing is, whether we're talking about reparations, whether we're talking about concentration camps, the idea of, like, the willful ignorance or the intentional misunderstanding. I mean, it's like the people that say, uh, you know, these aren't concentration camps or the same people who say like it's separate but equal what's your deal exactly it's it's just the back of the bus who cares yeah it's 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 a bus i'd be happy to sit in the back but i'm sitting up front and i'm not going to change it because that's the way the law was written maybe it's your poor personal choices yeah it's it's 
what we have in the United States right now is we have an increasingly an increasingly obvious caste system yeah. and a and, failure and a complete failure to teach American history, obviously. Yeah. Or, and, or, and, or we have a, or we have a complete success at teaching a certain version of American history yeah. that more, uh, more satisfyingly comports with the notions that the wealthy elite would rather have us believe the narrative, the yeah. power of narrative. And there's no way around it except to say that it's toxic and it's harmful. Yeah. And now we're seeing, uh, we're seeing the spoils of a decades-long culture war yeah. on the right, but it doesn't mean that it has to end here, and it doesn't mean that this is where where the fight is lost. Yeah, and it also and it, it comes down to two fundamentally, and I I don't I don't like to quote Al Franken because he's gross, but sure, uh, but he was exactly right when he described it like the fundamental distinction between the left and the right in terms of, and you know, and and. Obviously, we're all, you know, godless, un-American pinko socialists. But the fundamental difference between the left and the right, we both love America. We both love this country. We love it in extremely different ways. For the left, and, you know, uh, Al Franken didn't quote James Baldwin here. I'm quoting James Baldwin here. Uh, James Baldwin said, I love America more than any other country on earth. And it's for that reason I insist on the right to criticize her. Sure. And for the left, you know, the left, we love America we want it to be better. We want it to do better. The, the, the way to do that through constructive criticism, through you know actively taking a role and building it into a better place and encouraging it to truly live up to its potential, the idea that its founding documents, while flawed and not self-executing, was a promissory note that we need to expand to everybody else. The right loves America, loves its country, the way a four-year-old loves its mommy. Don't you say anything yeah. bad about mommy? How dare you attack mommy? Mommy is perfect. But mommy also is an angel. That four-year-old when it gets mad can kick mommy in the shin and right. stomp on her toes right. and throw a temper tantrum. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I actually made my political move leftward uh, as I started thinking about the differences between the two parties being essentially that the Democrats are trying to give rights to people, and it seemed more and more like the Republicans were trying to take rights away. But more on that in a minute as we sit down with our good friend Sarah Turgeon uh, to talk a little bit more about abortion. So we don't just have two uh, well-educated white men talking about it. Although, you know, maybe that's fine too. Well, that's what Congress does. Back in a minute, Blue White Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. As promised, we are joined by friend of the show, longtime listener, first-time guest, dear friend, Ioan Nokoois, Sarah Turgeon. Uh, with all of the insane debate surrounding abortion and reproductive rights in America right now, and particularly looking at the crazy legislation passed in Alabama, Georgia, Missouri, Ohio, other places, it's easy to think that this is all abstract political debate, partisan football, just another part of the culture war. Basically to, to remove the human element yeah. from it. But real women's lives are being impacted every single day. Uh, one in four American women will have an abortion at some point in their lifetime. This is real. This is this affects everyone you know. And Sarah actually reached out to us in the midst of all of this craziness and offered to share her personal story because, it, you know, as we as we know, there's nothing like storytelling, actual narrative, to better understand what's going on. Sarah, thank you so much for being here. Yeah. How are, you, how are you doing today? Good. I'm very good. Tired, but good. Yeah. yeah. So Sarah, um, what was it that prompted you to reach out? Um, just seeing like a lot of 
people's posts and a lot of stuff about the issue. And I feel like how you guys had mentioned earlier, it's a very abstract concept. Yeah. Oh, abortion, like people do it, people don't. Or it. I think a lot of stigma around it is that it only happens to irresponsible people or people who are... Yeah, just don't have sex if you don't want to have an abortion. Yeah, or people who are not having practicing safe sex or people who are uneducated or people who whatever but um or people who are murderers yeah absolutely baby killers like um i i literally had a conversation with somebody who i love and respect dearly and and the conversation regarding abortion is rarely is rarely a nuanced one and we were talking about how many women have abortions you know because it's a medical reason Mm -hmm. and then the percentage that that this person was questioning and this again is a person who I love was like, I, I wonder what percentage of women are just like repeat abortion havers. Yeah. Just like, just like nah, get pregnant. Nah, just suck it out. Again, another one. Nah, yeah, just like suck it's it a out. method of birth control. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Like a ex post really facto like... birth control. And I, I'll, I'll be the first to say like, I, based on my faith, abortions are a really difficult issue for me. And I, I feel like a, profound sense of privilege that i don't have to have an opinion on it because it's settled law right now and i would like to hope that i would fight for the rights of women to do with their bodies as they see fit but it's the way that we've the way that we've mutated the conversation from one about this moral issue to a moral issue like what should the government government be able to tell its citizens to do with their wombs has become an existential battle for life and death regardless of my faith views i understand that not everybody has my faith and that i can't legislate based but they all should everyone should feel the same way yeah anyway (laughs) so uh you were with that as the background (laughs) yeah yeah no so i a little background about me i grew up kind of religious as well like we went to church and everything but kind of more like a liberal sense of religion like we left the church that i grew up in because our pastor like our head pastor was the like leading the charge of no gay marriage in hawaii Mm, wow so my parents were kind of like oh what church is this can i say it yeah Yeah. it's fine new hope which one new hope that's that's why I stopped going to New Hope as well. Yeah, because yeah. I was just like, how are you going to say come as you are yeah. and invite everyone, but not the gays? Yeah. Forget about yeah, forget <laughs> about you know uh, separation of church and state. Like that was full on like that was a political movement. There's a, there's a cottage oh. industry yeah. right now of right wingers who are selling to churches the idea that no America was founded as a Christian nation. Yeah. Like it's a it's an actual like there's uh, speakers that churches hire to come and give that talk. And so anyways, no, I, uh, and like my whole life, I mean, I've always thought for others, whatever, do what you want. But I always thought for myself, like if I was to ever get pregnant, I would never have an abortion. I was Mm -hmm. like, no way. Like my family would help me. I would figure a way Mm -hmm. out. Like I would just for me, it was never like an option. When I started having sex, I didn't tell my parents, Mm -hmm. but I did go to Planned Parenthood Mm -hmm. and like I got like pap smear, STD testing and birth control. Cause I was thinking like, I don't want to get pregnant. And, and Iolani wasn't super open to having pregnant students yeah, hanging around a, too. Yeah. Right? As far as, <laughs> uh, they are a, they are not a super laid back, like, yeah. like culturally liberal, but like you better freaking behave yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? My school yeah. just kicked girls out when yeah. I got pregnant. Yeah. And I think, now it might be a little bit different, but I feel like when we were in high school, there might have been like a girl who got pregnant and then she like 
left for a semester yeah. and then came back yeah you know yeah. so nobody ever saw like a pregnant girl walking around campus yeah. like that was just like <gasps> like clutches your pearls yeah, sure. like it was kind of wild so for myself i thought too like i'm definitely not gonna let that happen to me um and it didn't in high school thankfully like nothing abnormal or crazy yeah um and then when i was in college i had like a super good boyfriend he was awesome great family my family liked him his family liked me i think for the most part <laughs> um and i was on birth control and everything was good and then uh, after Christmas break, uh, my period was super regular. Like I got it like clockwork. So I knew when I would get it yeah. and being home for winter break, I guess I wasn't taking my birth control at the exact same time every day. Cause the schedule is different and you're playing mm. and you're sleeping in. And so after winter break, we went back to college and then I noticed like, Oh, I think my period's a little bit late. Mm. And then I thought, okay, I'll give myself like another week or two and see. But in my head I was like, shit. <laughs> Yeah. F word, F word, F word. Like, yeah. this is not good. Uh, so I gave myself a week and then I took a pregnancy test and it was positive. And I was like, oh my God. Uh, and How old were you? It's like early 20s. Okay. Yeah, early 20s. Yeah. So um, I realized that I was pregnant. And so I, I told my boyfriend at the time, like, we need to talk. And he was so unbelievably supportive. He was like super supportive when I told him. Uh, he told me that whatever I wanted to do would be what he would support. If I wanted to keep the baby and raise it together, he would be there. Uh, if I wanted to carry out the pregnancy and eventually give the baby up for adoption, he was down for that. Uh, and he was also, he was raised super religious as mm -hmm. well, like very Catholic, like super Catholic. Um, but he was also supportive of like, this is your body, this is your sure. life if you want to get an abortion, I'm here for you. So I don't even think that I thought about it for 24 hours because I kind of knew like, this is going to change my life in a big way. Yeah. And I don't want that. And, and I, like, I took all the precautions, yeah, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. I was like, it was really, that was probably the most frustrating part. I mean, we didn't use condoms, but I had been on birth control. Yeah. For it's, like, it's like when, yeah, you've been on birth like for like years, yeah. years and years and years. Like, uh, why are you, why are you double? Well, yeah. did you know that birth control is also basically, you know, birth control is also baby murder. It yeah. is because it prevents conception. Yeah. And well, it, present, it prevents implantation into the uterus. Isn't that correct? Well, if we just had absence. No, honestly, if, I couldn't tell you. Listeners, if you are an OBGYN. Plan B does that, I think. Yeah. Get in touch. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. I've been wrong. I've, I've yeah. been wrong a lot. So, so, so sorry. Please. No, no worries. Um, and then, so I, I thought about it initially when I saw that I was pregnant, I never, I wasn't excited. Yeah, <laughs> I sure. wasn't like, yay, what a blessing. This is going to be Mazel awesome. <laughs> yay. But I, I kind of from the get go was like, I, I can't do this. Like this is not going to be a thing for me. And the more I thought about it, and it, a lot of it had to do with my family as well, because I thought about my parents being disappointed, you know, sure. like kind of it changes my life trajectory significantly. But also, and some might say it's selfish, but I was thinking about what my life would be if I did have a kid yeah. at that point in time yeah. and what I would not be able to accomplish. Yeah. And what that kid's life would be. Versus, or what that kid's yeah. life would be for sure, because I wouldn't have finished. I mean people say that, oh yeah, I'm going to have this kid and go back to school. And tons of people do and, and right. props but to them for doing that. More don't than do. Um, but yeah. for me personally, I knew that would have been very difficult. Financially, we would have been dependent on our parents. Sure. Like, yeah. Just two kids, basically. Um, and now I think about people who I know who are in their early 20s who have kids and I'm just like, you guys are amazing. Like that is yeah. 
props to you because mm-hmm. I didn't even have the emotional capacity to care for myself. Yeah. Let mm-hmm. alone another human. Yeah. Especially unplanned kids. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a completely different animal when yeah. you're like, no, we're, we're working for this. Like, yeah. Cause some people do like, I, I have a lot of friends, especially being from Alabama who are like married by 21, 22 yeah. and then they're having kids by 23, 24, yeah. maybe even younger. And they're like, this is what I wanted, but it's completely different yeah. than, you know, I want to, I like, I didn't, yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah, you come home from Christmas break and you're late, right? Yeah, Um, and and I was on the mainland too at the time, so it wasn't like I, I I feel like now looking back, I definitely could have talked to my mom about it at the time and had that conversation with her, and I only recently, within like the last couple of months, told her about it after all this like Alabama nonsense. Yeah, what was that experience like? Oh my God, I cried so much. But it, again, it wasn't because I was sad or like remorseful or I felt like I had done anything wrong. It was just frustration. A lot it. of trauma weighing on you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, but I don't even know if the word trauma would be right because it's I... Str- anger? Stress, frustration, Stre- anger. I guess stress, yeah. yeah. Because I I mean, I'll probably get to this later on um, in the discussion, but I've never regretted it. Like yeah. I've never looked back and been like, oh man, what could have been if I mm. if I had kept that child... Um, or kept that cluster of cells yeah. within me to grow to a child. Um, but I, it was, it was a good talk with my mom though. Like she was super supportive and she actually asked why I didn't come to her sooner, why I didn't talk to her. And it kind of made me more sad because I felt like I had let her down or mm, I, yeah. I made her feel like, like you couldn't, trust like I her. couldn't trust her. Yeah. yeah. And I don't want my mom to like, I'm super close to my parents. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, my partner at the time was super supportive and we went to, Planned Parenthood, woo woo, big fan of Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. And they were awesome. They were super supportive. They made sure I was aware of what I was doing, which mm-hmm. I thought was amazing. I think people's perception of Planned Parenthood is that you walk in and tell them you're pregnant and you want an abortion and, and Planned like, Parenthood is like, right, yeah, come on let's back. do yeah. it, fire it up, let's yeah. go. Well, of course, because the, there's, a, there's a propaganda interest. Well, then they get the yeah. baby cells, right? Yeah. Then yeah. they can eat them or whatever they, it is they i think do they sell them. them and then sometimes they put them in like liberals use them as like caviar isn't that yeah. right that's usually yeah. i yeah, think yeah. the case nancy pelosi either. actually lines the wallpaper of her house well if you get the bones of the little yeah. thing you, you grind them up and then you can it's sniff actually, them yeah. like, ah, well it's a very savory like an umami flavor oh, yeah. but i realize it's, it's really good i know uh, um use it a lot here <laughs> but yeah so i i really appreciated that they were so they made you super aware of what you were doing and they yeah. made you aware of all the options. So they do talk about adoption. They do talk about carrying the baby to term and raising it. And your your various options for They're support. You. Yeah, counseling. And I really, part of that reason I reached out to you guys was because people need to know that Planned Parenthood is not just trying to get you to... Yeah. suck out the baby there's like yeah. it's an, oh Pam parenthood is you know they're basically the, the nazis it's like an evil abortion factory they're yeah. you know they've killed 60 million people it's like 10 holocausts yeah. like ah, but is it really though ah. but how many other like people have they helped you know like yeah we're yeah. like screenings and ca- like yeah. uh cancer hpv screening, cancer screenings yep. cervical cancer like they're doing such good things um and to diminish their work to an abortion factory i think is very very dumb so did this all happen same day or was it no so i found out um it's right around my birthday actually <laughs> and uh my Ooh, friends, happy birthday yeah woohoo! <laughs> but it was right around my birthday that i found out and i was like oh best birthday ever <laughs> oh. 
And then, so I think my birthday's in late January and I think I had had the procedure done on like February. It was either 13th or 15th because it was either the day before or after Valentine's Day. I can't mm. remember, but it was a great couple of weeks of celebration. Happy birthday, great Valentine's Day. Um, so I went in and then I believe... I had to wait a certain amount of time before I could yeah. actually have the procedure done. Was it due to waiting? Was, was it due to like a like a I, waiting list or was I, it due to like I statute? honestly don't remember. Okay. Um, this was in Oregon. So okay. if there's any Oregon listeners from the mid to we, we have a fair amount of that Oregon listeners. If you're yeah. one of our Oregon <laughs> listeners, get in touch. Let us know. Yeah. Um, but I don't even, I don't think I had to pay anything either. Like I'm pretty sure if anything, it was maybe like, a hundred bucks mm-hmm. or something. It was pretty minimal, um, especially because I was in college at the time, and that was my biggest student concern. Oh. Was like, yeah, woo, student discount. <laughs> Show your college ID. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I should have took my scratch one, card. I should have got a scratch card. No, um, but that was my primary concern: was the cost. What is this going to cost me? And I think that's unfortunate because I wonder how many other women out there don't get abortions done because they're concerned about sure. the potential cost. Yeah. Well, you know, banning abortion is not going to get rid of abortion. No, absolutely rich, not. Rich people, rich we'll women, find a way. people of means will always be able to afford abortion. Republicans' yeah. kids yeah. will still be able to get yeah. abortions. Republican mistresses. Mistresses. Will, yeah. Yep. Well, and their their sons, high school girlfriends yep. or yeah. college girlfriends yeah. or mistresses or yeah. Yeah. whomever, daughters. Yeah. 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 Anyway, Cousins, yeah, Republicans yeah. will always be able to get an abortion yeah. is the main point. Yeah. And, and people with access we'll always find a way, you know, and people with means. But what I worry and what I, what bothers me so much about all of these highly restrictive uh, abortion laws is that people who are in states where this is happening, they have no other option and they're Mm going to be forced to basically be incubators. Whether that's right or wrong, again, I think is a complete matter of opinion. Like people can feel how they want to feel about it. But I, my biggest issue is that they shouldn't be able to dictate how someone else yeah. takes their path. You know, it's all, you know, I'm also for small government and keeping the government out of your, out of your way until it until comes to your uterus, your uterus, yeah. <laughs> just small. We want to shrink the size of the government small enough to fit into a woman's uterus. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I don't remember how long I waited or if the reason was like a mandated waiting period sure. or if it was just cause I couldn't get an appointment. But honestly, I don't remember a whole lot from that actual day. Um, I went in and they had me fill out paperwork and then they, again, I don't know if this is like just their policy or if it was a law, but I had to look at ultrasound again. Mm. So I had to like, it sounds like a policy, see probably it policy. and like, like, law. Yeah. um, like, like, okay, so this is, you know, just so you're aware of what you're doing. This is. And in, in some states, you know, they like specifically mandated. It can't just be a surface ultrasound, it has to be transvaginal, right? So it's yeah. just, just one layer of not not this goes beyond an obstacle of of degradation that you have to yeah. go through yeah of, yeah and and just at the power of the state to de- yeah. demean you like that and, and just force not i guess the word is forcing but forcing you to go through things that you not you shouldn't necessarily have to go through to like i already made my choice like yeah. i've and it's not a choice that i made lately i know that i said i took less than 24 hours to think about it but um it wasn't something that I took lightly. It wasn't like, all right, I'm going to go do this. Yeah, it's going to yeah. be awesome. You Abortion know? time. Yeah, yeah. Like I didn't throw myself. We'll make a full day of it. You yeah. know, like go to the mall. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, 
I, I feel like I made it sound like I took it lightly, but it wasn't something that I did kind of flippantly. Is no. that the right word? Yeah. Flippantly? No, flippantly, right. yeah. Yeah, is that the right word? But yeah, um, the people there, I remember them being super supportive. And one of the nurses, I couldn't tell you her name, but I can see her face. She was yeah. super nice and she was wearing a Winnie the Pooh scrubs. And she was like so, so kind. And like she was like petting my hair and like moving my hair to the side. And and then getting the procedure done. So I don't know if you guys are familiar with what a pap smear looks like, but like putting your legs on the stirrup sure. and kind of like opening up. And there was a doctor and maybe like a handful of nurses in there as well. And they, I'm pretty sure I had like a Valium or they, yeah, gave, they me normally give you something for yeah. anxiety because I so. didn't really care about yeah. what was going on. Yeah. Not that I didn't care, but I wasn't like stressed about it. I know what it. you mean. Yeah. They gave you a, a sedative. Yeah. 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 Um, but I didn't have an IV or anything. I think they did like a, a topical um, mm-hmm. numbing mm-hmm. and then uh, they did the procedure, which I, I wish I could tell you more about because I feel like it would be. But there's a curtain there, right? There's yeah. a, like I, a, see, like I don't a, even remember. I honestly yeah. don't remember a whole lot. Um, I remember being done and then my boyfriend at the time, we went to Jamba Juice afterwards and he's like, you can have a Jamba Juice, you need a Jamba Juice. And I don't really like Jamba Juice, but <laughs> I was super excited. He's trying whatever he could, there. right? Yeah. Yeah. And then I took one sip of it and then I had him pull over because I had to throw up. Ooh, really? <laughs> but I don't, I, it was probably just the stress, you know, yeah. like my body it's was. It's a big just, experience. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah, um, it's a lot to process. And then I remember... I was in school at the time because I remember having like the worst cramps of my entire life. Like it was awful. And I was uh, in my history class, which was a very close walk to my house, Mm -hmm. which is very fortunate. And I remember taking a quiz and it was probably like 50 questions long. And on 30, I just went like B, C, B, C, A, C, D, like just whatever the answers were just so I could get home. But I passed that class. So I must have great guessing skills. Yeah. Uh, and then I just got home and I ran a bath and just like laid in the bathtub for like two hours just because it was soothing and super random. But I remember like reading The Great Gatsby during that time and finding it like very comforting uh, just like to kind of take my mind out of yeah. what was going on yeah. and just like reading that book. And we read it in high school. Yeah. Um, and then I had to read it for an American literature class in college, too. So I just had it lying around and it was the closest thing I could grab. Yeah. So I just grabbed it and started reading it. Um so these are the real humanizing experiences <laughs> yeah, that you don't get to hear yes. about normally it's very comforting yeah. to me so anytime now like i'm stressed i still have a, a paperback copy that i'll read from time to time great gatsby One of the great american novels yeah. written by f scott fitzgerald that's correct yes. uh while he was living where montgomery alabama montgomery no alabama. way yeah. did not know that two two of our great literature minds uh f scott fitzgerald and ryan little <laughs> mm-hmm. Montgomery, montgomery's nice. finest Nat yeah. King Cole was born there too. I don't want to toot her own horn, but yeah. uh, may I ask, um, did they ever give you a calculation for the number of weeks you were at? Yes. So I believe when I was pregnant, I was about seven weeks. So Alabama would have told you, sorry. Oh no. Yeah. I yeah. would have been done. Cause there was a heartbeat. Yeah. Well, yeah. and then, so that that's the other thing that I worry about because people don't even know that they're pregnant. And then beyond that, it's your own like denial yeah. that's going to cause you to not take that pregnancy yeah, test like, right away. I don't want to know. It's, yeah. yeah. I can put this off for two, three like, weeks. You, yeah. you don't or, go into a cancer screening because you don't want to find out you have cancer. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then like, you know what? I'll give it a couple of days. Maybe my period will come. Yeah. You know, yeah. so rather than taking that pregnancy and people have irregular periods too. Like, yeah. Yeah. And then so after everything happened, I got an IUD 
but that made my period super irregular and then it eventually was like gone but in the the time leading up to like it going away my period was super irregular and I can't imagine for someone who normally has irregular periods what that anxiety must feel like and if you live in a state where you only have two weeks after your missed period to figure it out like that first week is probably oh I'll I'll get it tomorrow I'll get it tomorrow and then that next week might be uh, how do I get off work for this? Yeah. How do I tell yeah. my partner? How do I tell my parents? Yeah. How am I going to pay for this? The clinic's 200 miles away. How do yeah. I get there? I have to take a bus into the next state. Like yeah. legit, yeah. hundreds of miles away. 72 yeah. hour waiting period. I have to go home and come back again three days later. Yeah, like, and, it's, and can you take that time? Can you afford to take that time off work? Yeah. Are you going to... No, Josh brings up a good point too. The 72 hour waiting period. If you're in if you're in day you know, four of your, of your fifth week, yeah. 72 hours, now all of a sudden it's been six yeah. weeks, right? Or, yeah. But it's good. I'm glad, you know, it's not like it's not like there are any other issues going on in the government that like we could be working on yeah. as opposed to like making women who are going through probably the hardest thing they'll ever have to go through in their entire yeah. lives, like making their lives even more painful. Well, and like beyond that, to me, it's like it's settled law. Like, what are we? I'm not a lawyer. You're both lawyers. So you guys might have Don't a better. Us. Yeah, I'm sorry. You might have better um, views on this. But to me, it's like, did we not establish this issue already? Well, then the, their, their comeback is, well, the, you know, segregation was settled. Oh, I guess, I guess so. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I think the hope is with with the new 5-4 majority yeah, of the, the conservatives the that there. you bring it up to the Supreme Court on a different issue, but that different issue now Leads gives to, them the chance to, say, to actually, reopen Roe the entire case. Roe was wrong case. because yeah. X, Y, Z. Yeah. Yeah. And then I feel like there are so many stories out there about like, oh, my mom thought about having an abortion when she was pregnant with me, but I'm here standing today and I'm so thankful for that. Tim Tebow, right? Yeah. And that's whatever. That's awesome. But your mom had the choice. You know what I mean? Your mom had the, she was able to decide whether or not she wanted that to happen or not. And so if, if I had carried out my pregnancy and I did have a child, it would be like eight, nine, 10 years old now, which is insane to yeah. think about like to have a it's not even a baby it's a person like a, yeah. a little person and i for sure my family and his family like we would have been able to do it but like he's engaged now to like a super awesome girl and he's got a great life and he's got a lot going on for him that's great uh i have a super supportive boyfriend he's wonderful like we just bought a house oh, congratulations exciting so did you use ryan oda we did not because it was kind of a family Ooh. transaction, but I made peace with Ryan. Like as soon as we found out that it wasn't, I like fought so hard with uh, my boyfriend, Nick about like, we got to use Ryan. Ryan's awesome. Like Nick met Ryan a hundred times. Yeah. Like, they worked on Tommy's campaign like yeah. a little bit together. And that's Tommy of Tommy Waters fame. Woo-woo, Tommy Waters. Are you guys in the district? We are. Yes. Did you vote for him? We, of course. I know. If you just said no, Who I'd else been like, are we, what are a weird... Vote the other guy? No way. Maybe Natalie Awasa. I don't know. Oh, I do like her, though. Yeah, she's a nice she's really definitely, nice. There are definitely worse people. There worse, are. One, one in particular I could think of, but <laughs> not going to mention any yeah. names. Don't want your car key. Uh, yeah, I was saying, yeah. don't touch my car, please. But no, we, we really wanted to use Ryan. Uh, I have friends and family, and I've actually used him in a transaction in the past, and oh, he's he's awesome. He's wonderful. So as the day that it happened, like I called Ryan and I was like, "I'm really sorry, you're the man," but I just want to be completely transparent and yeah. upfront. Um, but if anybody needs a realtor, Ryan Oda, <laughs> great alum <laughs> uh, of the show, friend of the show. Yeah. I was gonna say you don't expect your best uh, your best marketing 
PR shout outs to come in the middle of an, like a heavy <laughs> abortion yeah, discussion. Like an abortion talk. Yeah. Uh, that just shows that Ryan Oda services clients of all types. No, yeah. he yeah. does. Yeah. Ryan Oda will not, whatever, whatever has gone on in your past, Ryan Oda will help you buy a house. Um, yep. <laughs> I, I think one, you're getting to the idea of like, you know, people can believe what they want to believe about abortion. And I, I think, I think there's a valid argument to be made philosophically outside of the confines of religion that like, it's really weird to try to be the arbiter of like, when is a human a human? Like when, yeah. when does life begin? Because yeah. you, there, the, I think the conservative point of like life begins at conception is a very, by its definition, conservative point. Like you're taking no chances with the idea of when well, life exists. Miscarriage. And like, there's yeah. so many things yeah. that, you know it's what I like, mean? Or like a viable pregnancy. Oh, like the, what's a viable you know, pregnancy? The thing about, um, in the, the, the law in Alabama specifically did not apply to incest and rape and, yeah, oh, well, sorry. Sorry. Can, yeah. That's, that's we'll a whole get to that afterwards. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot. But, um, embryos, you know, cons- you know, according to yeah, life. So you can destroy the embryos, yeah, right? Exactly. Like, but, but bullshit. The, oh, the legislator, language. the legislator was on the record saying something like, well, that doesn't count because it's not inside a woman. Yeah. It's like, it's, so it's also, it fundamentally like, yes, you know, playing devil's advocate, they do care, quote unquote, protecting life. Yeah. But it's also about controlling women, well, controlling sexuality. Also, let's, let's be very honest and upfront about, you know, the embryos you're referring to are from in vitro fertilization. And let's be very open and honest about who the types of people who are getting IVF in vitro fertilization. Rich can afford it's rich, yeah. mostly white people in Alabama. It's yeah. not, it's not it's poor not people. Day. It's not black yeah. people. It's yeah. And so it's, you know, it's another assault on the, the dignity of the already people of a, lower middle, yeah. of a lower class. Yeah. So I, I think my point is, you know, it's, I think there's a philosophical debate that you can have about when does life begin? And I don't think that that's in bad faith. I think it's a very valid question, but I think um, because it's an unanswerable question, it's really hard to legislate from that place from a purely secular standpoint, Uh if that makes sense. I think other than that, you're having to inject your own religion Mm -hmm. and your own religious beliefs into the argument. And at that point you're running afoul of the literal constitution of the United States. Well, and then the other thing that I have a hard time with too is like, the 20 week ban sure because people who are pregnant at that point are people who generally want their babies like the people who abort at that point in time just as a means of birth control i would say are like a very very small percentage of those people so to tell those people who are usually going to be like medically fragile or something's going on with the child or the 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 fetus that is um not going to give them good quality of life or the mother you know so to tell those people who are they want that child you know for the most part those people are excited about their pregnancy they're trying to i don't even know what i'm trying to say but um they're preparing like pete Buttigieg had a really good response to this uh when he was asked this question in a fox news debate he's like look People who are having abortions at 20 weeks, they've probably picked out a name. They painted they've probably the, started the nursery. painting the nursery. Like yeah. they've had, you know, maybe gender reveal parties. I don't know if that's far enough along, but yeah. like they're they're doing all the things to become a parent. Yeah. And they've got for them to even be at the point where they're considering this, it means it's such an emotional decision. Devastating. Yeah. And it's one adding the government into it. The government telling you what you can and can't do yeah. is just an unnecessary interference at this yep. point in the process, yeah. and it's not going to help anybody. Yeah. And it's it's adding another layer on something that's already like heartbreaking, you know, yeah. and it's adding 
it's to score political points traumatic like yeah. that you mentioned that word earlier but that's a good word for anyone who has to go through the decision after a wanted child yeah. has to like they have to yeah. make that choice and i can't i hope knock on wood i'm never in that position but yeah. and that and that ties into the question of health you know when, it, when it's a, a therapeutic abortion for medical necessity the lack of exemptions for life of the mother for incest for rape yeah. all the you know the it's just heartless yeah and it's, it's just it's cruel i mean yeah. it's intended to be cruel and to me i just me personally it just feels like very unnecessary yeah. like yeah. this is like you mentioned earlier there are way bigger things we got to yeah. worry about as a country yeah, like how are your school systems alabama like the yeah. how's your yeah. roads yeah. how's uh how's your economic decided, yeah. mobility how's your public health otherwise yeah. yeah how's the obesity problem going how's your opioids and shit yeah, like <laughs> you want to I mean, maybe we can address yeah. that too yeah. maybe if, first if the six if the six week if the six week old fetus is a citizen with rights should the you know should the father have to start paying child support like if the six-week-old fetus is a citizen with rights and you want to protect their life why do you want to protect the life of people who are many weeks older than that who are rotting in prison right now for uh frivolous like stupid crimes to your to your exact point it's a question of ideology like what 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 motivates you as to which lives not matter to say, not to say all lives matter but yeah. like which lives do truly matter yeah and well and then you have that thing too of pro-life versus yeah. pro-birth right i mean yeah. you can say that you care about the children and the babies yeah. and all but that sort don't. of thing but yeah, it's you clear don't. you don't like look yeah. at your policies yeah. otherwise like yeah. you're not trying to actively help children no. and the the less fortunate and that sort of thing and it's just i uh, and then you know to to say okay you want we we you it's if we decide it's in our public policy interest. We want to bring down the abortion rate in America. We want to have fewer abortions. How do we do that? Abs- comprehensive sex ed. Comprehensive sex education. Jesus. Get rid of abstinence-only sex Give education. Give condoms to everybody. Throw condoms, condoms on the street for yep. everyone yeah, to grab. A, like. yeah. Make birth control accessible free through health easy. insurance. Accessible over the counter. Yeah. But, At any pharmacy. But You know what I mean? Like, none of these, you know, oh, no, no. Because that we, encourages sex. That encourages sex. And we don't want our it's daughters not, having sex. It's not yeah. like, it's not like, Sons can do it. Yeah. Daughters can. The girls know. It's not like sons. Nice. Every every teenager who has ever lived on this planet since the dawn of time. Yeah, they've all been horny, but like nothing bad's gonna happen. Yeah, no, no way. Well, because they're gonna be abstaining, right? Yes. So Sarah, we could truly like yeah. talk about this for forever. Yeah. And uh this is something we could probably do an entire month's worth of shows on. But I know that our listeners are uh, probably sitting in their cars right now. Like I've only got two or three minutes before I have to go to work. Sarah, uh, this has been an incredible conversation. Do you have like any final thoughts? Um, so when I, most of my friends know about it. Um, mm-hmm. And most of my partners and boyfriends who I've had since I've sure. told them about. Um, but when I first started being open about it with people, I would say, oh, it was for a medical reason or, mm-hmm. oh, I had a miscarriage that I had to evacuate. Not because I was embarrassed or because I regretted it, but more so because I didn't want them to feel uncomfortable about being around like, oh my God, she had an abortion. Like, what? Uh, But as I get older and the more that I talk to people, like I could count on my hand, like not even on one hand, on two hands, the number of like close personal friends and like acquaintances, coworkers, family members who also have had abortions as well. And I think the more... I don't know if normalizing it is the word to use because it 
isn't something that people are it's never going to be normal, right? Yeah, yeah. But I think recognizing that it is far more common and it yeah. affects yeah. far more destigmatizing. people. Yeah. Destigmatizing would be a good word yeah. for it. And I think like you see people's comments and their articles and the things they share on like Facebook and Twitter yeah. Yeah. and even Reddit and stuff. And there's so like the toxic. people culture war toxic and like demonizing almost like these women are sinners and they're irresponsible but i think to let people know like you know these are your friends these are your sisters these are your cousins these are your people you know personally congresswoman uh congresswoman pramila uh jayapal we didn't have a chance to talk about it but she she wrote a new york times op-ed the story of her abortion yeah and i think thank you and thank you for being here and doing what you're doing and it starts with sharing those stories. Yeah. And I, I think being able to talk about it now, and I almost wish I had been able to be more open about it at the time. Um, but I, I guess I would want other women who have gone through this experience to know, like, you're super not alone. Like, yeah. you're not a bad person. You know, like, life happened. Some choices that were not ideal might have been made, but you're not worse off because of what you did. And I think that's important that people know that they're not alone and they're not bad people for what happened in their past. And it even... You know, and that's regardless pretty much of the religion you subscribe to because especially Christianity, which seems to be leading the fight against uh, women's rights and everybody's rights all the time, teaches that there's no sin that you can't be forgiven from. So even if you do conceptualize uh, getting an abortion as a sin, like you're not dirty, you're not fatally flawed as a human, right? There's there's still opportunity for forgiveness and to be okay. All the time, Yeah. yeah. Amen. Sarah, thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Would you mind sticking around for our shout out segment? Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Sarah Turgeon, Blue Hawaii Podcast. Blue Hawaii. Shout outs. Shout out to, uh, this is a big local news item. We want to shout out Kai Kahele, the Big Island State Senator, who is trying to primary Tulsi Gabbard for her congressional seat. Also known as Tulsi Gabbard. He got a little fired up on the campaign trail. Star Advertiser reporting, State Senator Kai Kahele uses profanity when describing congressional race. With Tulsi what? <gasps> Wait. Wait, politicians curse? I know. Guys, uh, uh, just a quick side note. <laughs> if you think Kakahele cursing is bad, you should hear half the stuff that people bicky leak to us that we have stopped yeah. publishing uh, for fear of reprisal. Senator Kahele uh, told Vice News that Gabbard, quote, has a f-ing tiger on her tail and she's going to be in trouble. Wait, wait, wait. <gasps> the, the tiger is in the middle of copulation? Um, I believe that is an... Uh, an gerund? adverb and not an a gerund and not and not a not a verb. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Or, or <laughs> not an like, it took me a second. Like, what do you mean? <laughs> That's it. That's a colloquial, the colloquial term, not the. Not a, so she's a she's a f-ing tiger on tail, not a tiger f-ing on her tail. Those tigers fuck. <laughs> Uh, it's a different Hawaii than what she's used to and I'm a completely different candidate than anything she's ever faced especially them tigers are around Kahele also takes aim in the article at Gabbard's religious ties to the Science of Identity Foundation led by Chris Butler referring to the group as quote this super weirded out cult better not go swimming in uh, Kailua Bay I mean is he is he wrong I don't know Ah, Uh, Kahele told Vice News that Gabbard's presidential run was the equivalent of trying to surf a 40 foot wave in Waimea Bay without dying (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, but were he, there tigers? Yeah, he uh, Kahele is a relative newcomer to politics, but he has raised substantial campaign, campaign contributions for his congressional bid and has gained the backing of three former Hawaii governors: John Waihee, Neil Abercrombie, Ben Caetano. Everybody's favorite three governors. Yeah, well, you know, we don't have we don't have it's slim pickings on the governor yeah, front. That's true. He told Vice News that the campaign endorsements were a message to Gabbard: "Good luck running for president, but don't come back to Hawaii." Jeez. <laughs> What is she going to do for work? Then she's going to be a lobbyist. Yeah. Then it's going to be the 
yeah anyway yeah. and then he you know he 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 uh he walks back a little bit he said oh i understood it was off the record uh as is my approach with everyone our conversation was frank and candid i regrettably used inappropriate language let me I, just and then and then here comes the standard language that men get to use that women don't i am a passionate competitor facing an uphill battle for hawaii's second congressional district women don't get to be passionate when they curse then they're just emotional yeah uh moving forward i will continue my frank and candid conversations but will ensure my statements show the respect due to me my family and my opponent in the state of hawaii what Hawaii needs now is a full-time representative in Congress who will show up and whose sole focus is fighting on behalf of the people of the 2nd Congressional District. That's the message I will be bringing to the people of Hawaii. Fair? Okay. I don't think we uh, are going to wake up and see Kai Kahele in Syria anytime soon. No, and he's certainly not going to be like glad-handing and standing for uh, friggin' Bashar al-Assad. No. Um, More Hawaii baseball news. We've been talking a lot about... Uh, baseball. Yeah, and Shane, Shane Saki, Ioana Grad, Ioana Nokoi. Going to Montgomery, Alabama to um, play for the Biscuits. Shout out to Miami Marlins pitcher and St. Louis alum Jordan Yamamoto, who opened his career with back-to-back seven-inning shutouts over fellow Islander Colton Wong and the St. First Louis Cardinals. out was Colton, yeah. right? Yeah, that's wow. right. Sorry, Colton. Oh, you got picked off uh, in that World Series game against the Boston Red Sox. Mm. I, that was, that was the, <laughs> celebrating... celebrating Colton Wong's demise was probably the howliest moment of my life. <laughs> 14 straight scoreless innings to start breaks the franchise record of 10 held by Josh Beckett, two-time World Series champion and one of the clutchest pitchers of the 21st century. He also got arrested in 2017 for public intoxication and reckless endangerment after bum-rushing the stage at a country bar and tackling the lead singer. And hopefully Mr. Yamamoto does not emulate that part. I think it's time for the world to recognize that Hawaii is the best per capita baseball state. Yes. I mean, if the Little Just League like World Series didn't show it. Too. Like, yeah. in, well, I don't know in sports. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna go with Alabama. <laughs> might have us beat on that. But uh, we're pretty damn good over there. Uh, but And he wears number 50, Hawaii 5 it's, uh, it writes You think he did that intentionally? Oh, I hope sure. he did. For sure. For <laughs> sure. Speaking of baseball, yeah. shout out to David Big Papi Ortiz, whose condition has been upgraded to good following a shooting in the Dominican Republic. Uh, Dominican Republic lead prosecutor says a shooting of the ex-Red Sox slugger David Ortiz was a result of a mistaken identity, according to the AP. Who's mixing up Big Poppy with... Anyone else. Yeah, <laughs> especially in the Dominican Republic. Like, hello. Where he most like, just fa- walks most famous, around. Yeah. Richest, most famous person in the country. Yeah. <laughs> Moving over to uh, yeah. our other favorite sport, NBA Draft. I actually uh, really don't like watching baseball that much, but I love watching the NBA. So... Uh, are you a big NBA fan, sir? You play you play basketball. I play in basketball, high school. Yeah. but I kind of only watch Blazers and playoffs. Oh, okay, so yeah. Okay, so we'll get into this. But did you see the uh, Damian Lillard, Marvin Bagley, the three rap battle? No, haven't. Oh, we'll okay, get to we'll, that. We'll get to that. So the New Orleans Pelicans, folks. We last year we regaled you with, uh, I believe, Coach Alvin Gentry called it the dumpster fire of their season. Um, they are leaving Babylon. They're on the road to Zion. They landed Zion Williamson, the most exciting basketball player. In a, maybe a generation. Yeah, since LeBron. He's going to be the next LeBron, who was the next MJ, who was the next Magic, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Where's Kobe? The, the Pelicans turn... Ah, <laughs> Kobe Shmobi. Uh, please send your hate mail to... No. Pelicans have turned... Kobe and, was accused of rape. Like, credibly accused of rape. So was the President of the United States. He I never guess. did that. Yeah. that well, he never once. So the Pelicans turned Anthony Davis, sent him to the Lakers, into... Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, Jackson Hayes, who was a number eight pick last night, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, number 17 uh, in the draft last night, Marcos Luzada-Silva, number 35 in the draft last night, a Lakers first-round pick in either 21 or 22, 
a Lakers swap in 2023, and a Lakers first round pick in either 24 or 25. All of that for one one player, player. and With a partridge one in player a pear tree. and one <laughs> and a partridge in a pear tree. Uh, As Kawhi Leonard would say. <laughs> Here's the thing, though, is there's a kid who is in the ninth grade right now. Yeah. Ninth grade. Who's going to be impacted. Who's going to be impacted. He's going to be the kid yeah. that gets picked. Yeah. He's going to be the last part of the Anthony Davis trade. Of the Anthony a Davis 14 trade. 14-year-old. Yeah. A 14, there's some kid has no idea. He's maybe not even playing basketball right now. He's yeah. like five foot one, hasn't hit puberty. He is going to be the last piece of the Anthony Davis trade. Insane. Oh, man. Pelicans GM David Griffin, who pulled off the trade, was also the man who built the 2016 Cleveland Championship team around LeBron James. Perfect man to get the best out of Zion Williamson. Should be exciting. And your your boy, Auburn grad. Well, Auburn, excuse me, Auburn star. Star. Chuma Chuma Okiki. Yeah. I was going to say alum, but that's not right either. He's not a graduate. Chuma Okiki, who unfortunately, tragically, was struck down in in his prime by fate. He still, with one ACL, went number 17 to the Orlando Magic. That means if, if, I told you, I told you he was going to play his way in the first round. If he'd have stayed hot and would not have hurt himself, I bet he goes top 10. You know, honestly, like, in the long term, for his, as a, as a, as a, as a, you know, if you hope to have a good, decent, long Mm. longevity career in the NBA, hurting his ACL may be one of the better things that happens to him because well, he falls to he falls to a more established slightly better team sure. you know they were a playoff team they took one game off the Toronto Raptors the eventual champions he's going to he's probably going to be back not at the very beginning but he'll have time to like blend and bleed his way into a team that's already up and running could he be can learn on the fly they've got um they've got all-stars they've got uh what's his name Aaron Brooks the uh, dunk dunk contest yeah. champion They've got that big Serbian dude whose name I can't remember. Uh, uh, Vucevic. Bu- Vucevic. Yeah. yeah. They got Markel Fultz who's coming on, uh, coming off injury, it, who yeah. may be terrible. Sound like he's got the yips, but maybe not. They, you know, anything's uh, possible. Also, there's a chance that you know if he'd have played the rest of the tournament, he may have shat the bed, and nobody would have wanted him anymore. Yeah. So I was. A lot of Auburn people were mad that he ended up going pro. Not mad. They were. I don't think anybody was mad. They were like sad. Bummed. But it's like yeah, yeah. bummed. But. You look at what the seventeenth the seventeenth pick in the first round is typically guaranteed two and a half million a year. It's Not like bad. I'd livable. I'd go too. Yeah, I'd go too. Yeah, yeah. So you, so, sorry, especially you should, because in the next year you have no idea what could happen. Yeah. hell, you could tear your ACL. Yeah. You could tear your other ACL. So as we mentioned, Portland Trailblazers star Damian Lillard and Sacramento Kings big man Marvin Bagley, uh, probably considered the two best rapper musicians in the NBA. Victor Oladipo might object to that. Yeah, that's something that Don't everybody keeps track of. Yeah, Alonzo. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, so Max Kellerman on first take asked Marvin if he would rap battle with Dame. Uh, things escalated very quickly, and we now present to you what we believe are the NBA's first two diss tracks since Shaquille O'Neal's legendary, and I quote, Kobe Bryant, tell me how my ass tastes. <laughs> we'll play them for you at the end. We'll play, yeah, we'll play at the end. We'll play you You decide. Uh, Damian Lillard with another ice cold dagger shot. Bye bye wave. Go Trailblazers. Yep, you guys said, are you are you excited for next year? Rip City. Yes, yeah. super excited. You think CJ is gonna stay? Yes, okay. I think everybody's staying. And Nurkic is super wishful. Nurk- yeah, let's say Homer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Nurkic is coming back. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Good. I mean, it's no my dick works fine, but like <laughs> these are some good songs. Also, shout out to the newest member of the Animal Kingdom, the Liger of the Seas, the Narluga. Uh, from Ed Young in the Atlantic, narlugas are real. A very strange whale hybrid was uh, the offspring of a narwhal mother and a beluga father. And that's all we're going to tell you. And that is not a joke about uh, people because that would be inappropriate. Yeah. And 
because we don't want anyone to accuse us of unfair partisan bias. Shout out to Brett Kavanaugh for doing the right thing and Flowers v. Mississippi. Check out the big brain on Brett. Even though uh, Clarence Thomas and Neil Gorsuch wouldn't, even Alito actually came along with this one. Basically, a gentleman in Mississippi, a black gentleman, has been tried six times for murder and the prosecution has struck 42 out of 43 black jurors uh, because black people sometimes don't hate black people as much as white people sometimes hate black yeah. people. Yeah, we'll just read, this is, you folks can read a longer article, longer analysis. This this sentence, these two sentences sums it all up. Mr. Evans, the prosecutor, questioned black prospective jurors closely, asking them an average of 29 questions each. Holy God. He asked the 11 white jurors who eventually seated. getting college credit for that quiz? He <laughs> asked the 11 white jurors who were eventually seated an average of one question each. 29 <laughs> questions, one question. No racial bias. I don't know. Was it... Do you like black people? Do you Is like that black the question? people? Oh, you do? Nah, sorry. <laughs> sorry, but I got to strike you. Uh, it's nothing personal. So, um, Sarah, do you have any shout outs? Anything in the world that you would like to call attention to? Um, Positive or negative? Um, shout out to the troops and the boys in prison. Woo! <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Sometimes, sometimes those are the same people. Yeah, yeah, shout out to the troops, man. They're doing... <laughs> I don't know. And when in doubt, you can only <laughs> shout yeah, the troops out, right? Yeah. Shout you out to the to Braves. S- shout out to the Atlanta, the Atlanta Braves. Braves. Why is oh that? Oh my God, because they're good. Um, I just started watching baseball this year and I was watching a game and I said, whoever wins this game is going to be my baseball team. And it was the Braves. And it was the Braves and they're okay. pretty damn good. Right, free home with the Braves. They're not bad. That's who I grew up pulling for every year. I Everyone in the South, right? You used to always cheer for the Braves. Yeah, because there's, no there's no other team. Florida teams I used at the time. to watch the Braves lose the Yankees every single year in the World Series. It seemed like like three years in a row they did it. In like um, the mid nineties, right? In the mid nineties, yeah. Great. Yeah. We won our one in ninety five, I believe. Ninety five, ninety six against the Indians. Uh David shout Justice. Out, shout out to the troops. Yeah. Shout and out the troops. <laughs> you don't have to name which troops. It could be any troops. All of them. The um, troops the troops who may or may not be heading to Iran tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh and we may or may not be heading for the end of our episode. Ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna play you out with Marvin Bagley the third and Dame Lillard's uh going, diss tracks. Going head to head. You decide. Uh, thanks for listening it's, to another Dame. fine Dame's, episode Dame's time. of the Blue Hawaii podcast. If you like the show, get in touch. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Like us on Facebook. And always, uh, you know, just tell somebody. Just say yeah. somebody. You know what? Reach out I was listening somebody. to a pretty damn good podcast lately. It's yeah. called the Blue Hawaii podcast. These two, Help these, them subscribe. Good. These two Howley guys were pretty boring, but like lady they had on was pretty cool. Or so, even, you know... That you, one, Wait, woo, woo. even that one Holly guy uh, who's not from Hawaii was really cool, and the lady was cool, and then the other guy just had a nice voice I like to listen to. I'll take it. You do have a wonderful voice. I've been listening since you guys started, and this is I enjoy. Doesn't it. he have a great I voice? I genuinely enjoy this. I look forward to the new podcast. So. Well, thank you, sir. Thank I you, enjoy Sarah. it. I just you guys wish. got me hooked when you had Ryan Oda on the show. Yeah, uh, Ryan Oda. Uh, Shout out Ryan you, Oda. Ryan for Oda. all your realty needs. <laughs> yep. He's not going to listen to this episode. He's, there's no way. Like, yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh, everybody, thank you again for another episode, another week. We look forward to talking to you next week. And until then, my dick works fine. Aloha. <laughs> King learned his lesson, it's a bad investment. I never crack in the moment, you made a bad assessment. Little boys get excited and make a tragic exit. I had respect for the movement, but you were sadly desperate. I ride foreigners in the same for a media family. I wasn't measuring your music, I'm measuring Grammys. But when you step into my yard, I'm apparently Stanley. I feel bad cause you a kid and I'm taking the candy. It's the kid that hit them shots that make their body drop. 
Versa baby getting potty trained on potty watch. Where I'm from, we never talk, you could get molly whopped. Had my shoe in high school, I know your poppy copped. Barking up the wrong tree to take a long fall. I wish you would have hit my line, I take a phone call. It be the ones who bark the loudest, that's the most soft. I had to strip him, I'ma send him with his clothes off. Now you naked and the whole night passing you. I would love to see them suckers that was gassing you. Oversized battery inside the back of you. The most spankers be for kids with an attitude. This ain't my style, I just do music in peace. A double-headed monster, beauty and beast. Knocking at my door, it's my duty to greet. Then I'ma sit your ass down and offer soup and some tea. Look. I promise not to get this issue no attention. Recognize when people hype you on a bogus mission. In my lane in both games and you in no position. If I'm your coach, I won't depend on you for no decisions. Clowns, this boy crazy, man. Shit over with. Oh, you dropped two tracks? <laughs> hey, somebody done gassed him up. Let me go ahead and burp this little nigga. Uh. Look, I've been a cold-blooded assassin Swear I don't just put the ball in the basket I'm from the zone, nigga, who you been asking? I said your name a couple weeks ago, you been in the casket And now you trying to rise up, I see you faking the passion I'm finna turn this dame out of the chump change I'm that main or that man or that mean Whatever you want, nigga, I'm that clean You drop two songs, whatever that mean You shoulda did one, them niggas was gassing And I ain't rocking with them folks that thought it was over I'm finna sign with State Farm and push you out of your stroller I run the game like PlayStation, going and pass the control I'm on the track with high energy, you lacking the motor, little nigga. Clown. Nah, never that. <laughs> Put some respect on my shoe. Now I might ruffle up some feathers, but I'm just telling the truth Without that Wayne verse, you just another nigga in the booth Said it's just rap, but when I'm done, don't try to call the truth Try and run it up, and double up this money to the roof Money man, money man, I know you rich A hundred mil, that big bank and little bank stuff don't work I understand what you was doing, you been on my nuts since Duke And I'm a fan, that don't make sense I think you need to find a better plan I used to do your little four bar challenge every Friday But you ain't drop no hits, so man, I had to do it my way My name is Dame Dollar and I'm hard I claim that I'm better than MB3, but no, I'm not. That's clown flow. I come and snatch your bag of downs, don't make a sound, bro. You try to bring my pots into it, let's get down, no. You really try to put me all on the spot. Man, you been quiet for some time, I think I'm making you hot. Adidas did sit some days, but I thought they was whack. As soon as I opened the box, I sent them shits right back. I had to hop over the Puma, now my pockets is fat. Man, I was working, and y'all know I was gonna get right back. I'm done. Wife, 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 wife.